0: Hello and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week we will be using another Matthew West song, Hello My Name Is... In doing the research for this song, I stumbled upon uh, Matthew West's website has the story behind the song, and uh, he introduces us to Jordan, who wrote a letter to Matthew that explained that he used to introduce himself by saying, hello, my name is Jordan, and I'm a drug addict. By the end of the letter and by the end of his story, he tells Matthew he no longer introduces himself that way, but now proudly proclaims, I'm Jordan. And I'm a child of the one true king. Jordan's story is a compelling one, and I will link to that video in the show notes of this episode. And you can find the show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 13. I hope you take time to watch it. It's a really good story, but I want to tell you another story. Now, Jordan's story talks about his name changing from addict to child of the one true king. But this is a story about a gal who went from the name pleasantness to bitter. And I'm talking about the story of Naomi in the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Let me just tell you a little bit about Naomi. Naomi was a Hebrew, and she married a Hebrew man. And there was some hard times in their hometown, in their country, where they were living, and so they moved to a different part of um, the world at that time. They just did what they had to do for their family. And so they actually left the promised land. They left Bethlehem. And they went to a land called Moab. Now while they were there, her husband died. And um, her sons, while they were living there, actually married two Moabite women um, while they were there. And then her sons both die so now she is alone except for her two daughters-in-law and she heard that times were better back home and so she decides that she's going to make the journey from moab back to bethlehem and her daughter-in-laws pack up with her and they actually even head out on this journey home uh, to naomi's home and in the, but in the midst of the journey, she just sets them down and she tells them that they just need to go back. And there's a lot of cultural references here. Um, in that time, if uh, your husband died, the brother would take upon the woman as his wife. And so she starts to explain, "What? I don't have any more sons. And even if I got married and had not, had another son, would you wait for them to grow up and marry them? And it just doesn't make sense for you to come with me. Um, I just need you to just go, go back to your mother and father. Go back to your home. You can start over. You can have a new life. And uh, they really don't want to do that. But she insists, and so her two daughters-in-law are named Orpah and Ruth. So Orpah, with great sadness and tears and weeping, decides to go back home to Moab to her parents um, and um, assuming to start a new life again, but with great sadness. It was obvious that they had great love for their mother-in-law and um, a wonderful connection with her, but Ruth Ruth remains with her. In fact, um, in that story, you might have heard this very popular verse in Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, where Ruth says, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you will go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried." May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. So Ruth and Naomi make their way back to Naomi's hometown of Bethlehem in her home country. And when they arrive, um, the people are like, wow, is that Naomi? It kind of looks like Naomi. It's been a long time. Um, it's been at least 10 years. There's a, a reference earlier in the in the chapter that says that... Um, After 10 years, um, her son's died too. So it's been at least 10 years, probably even more, that they've even seen Naomi. and, And so they're like, is that Naomi? To which she replies, don't call me that anymore. Because Naomi means pleasantness, and my life is anything but pleasant. She actually asked them to call her Mara, which means bitter. And so she changed her own name, Because of the circumstances of her life, she just couldn't even stand the sound of her own name, thinking that her life was anything but pleasant. And in in Bible times, names were very important, and they were either reflective of the circumstances of the birth, or perhaps somewhat prophetic in um, what the role that that child would take. And so just Naomi just couldn't even stand the sound of her own name even though her parents gave her the name of pleasantness she just said I I just can't even be pleasantness anymore that just doesn't even represent my life and so please just call me bitter because that's what I am in fact she mentions the word bitter before she even arrives home when she's trying to convince her daughter in-laws to return home in verse 13 of chapter 1 she says no it's, it's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. She just looked at her circumstances and she couldn't even understand how God was still on her side. Her husband had died. Her sons had died. Her life just seemed so hopeless. And uh, so, again, just changed her name to bitter. And then God. But God and the Bible says here that Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by Ruth her daughter-in-law and she arrived in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning so you have to understand this is now a widow with her daughter-in-law neither of them have family or any anybody to take care of them and so they're entering into this place and they're gonna have to find their own way no one's gonna jump up and say hey I'll take care of you And so Ruth said to her her mother-in-law, Let me just go into the fields, pick up leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. And Naomi says, Go ahead and do that. And so she went out and she entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. This is verse 3 of chapter 2. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Now, you have to read the whole story to really appreciate this. But Boaz ends up being Ruth's kinsman redeemer. And I'm not going to get into that too, too much, except to say that he actually ends up saving Ruth and Naomi from their whole mess of a life by redeeming them. He actually marries Ruth and he ends Naomi's bitterness by, well, you're going to have to read the story. I want you to read the story for yourself. But the phrase that jumped out at me at what I just read to you in Ruth chapter 2 is the phrase, as it turned out. Hmm. Have you ever had any as it turned out moments? And I find it so funny that sometimes in scripture these small little phrases jump out and you just think, that's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that Ruth just happened to to pick grain in the field because that's what paupers did. And the people, as they um, picked the grain, they would just leave some behind. In fact, the scripture, the law actually said, don't go back and pick up everything. Leave the corners, leave some behind so that those who are poor among you could come and pick after you, which is what Ruth was doing. As it happened, as it turned out, Ruth just happened to be in Boaz's field. And obviously, as you continue to read the story, you begin to realize that this was not just an as-it-turned-out moment, but a divine appointment for Ruth to be in that field. And so I just want to maybe use that as an encouragement, because Naomi's circumstances were bitter, But the Bible doesn't indicate that God did this to her. You know, obviously God God allowed it because nothing that reaches you doesn't pass through the fingers of God first. But I do believe God may be saying, just wait. Just wait until this next part. I have a plan. It's going to blow your mind. Because God's plan in this situation and in this story was to place Naomi and Ruth Smack in the lineage of your Redeemer. God allowed Naomi's name to be bitter for a while so that your name can be called Redeemed. Now, I have a friend whose grandson's name means victorious little fiery one. She, she asked her daughter why in the world she would do that to herself. And her daughter admitted that she didn't really know what the name meant. She just liked the name together. I have another friend who named her son Wilder. I asked if she was going to name her future child Calmer. She laughed and said, or maybe peace or tranquility. I think it's funny, you know, you name your son Wilder and you're wondering why he might be a little wild. No, but she's really enjoying life with Wilder. But it's funny. You know, we don't really... These are funny examples. We don't really put a lot of thought into um, necessarily... A lot of us don't put a lot of thought into necessarily the meaning of our children's names. But I do want to talk about the names that we carry around for ourselves. We have burdens of our past that we carry into our lives. And even straight into our lives with Christ. And last week, we talked about the wardrobe that we wore before Christ, that we've taken off the old self and we've put on the new self. There's so many places in scripture that talks about that. And I just highlighted a couple last week. But if you want to get down and dig, um, dig a little bit around that idea or that thought of the old becoming new and your old self and your new self and what we need to take off and what we need to put on. And similarly, we need to shed those old names We need to shed the old ones and we need to claim the name, the new one that God has for us. And what name is that? It's child of God, child of the one true king, just like this song proclaims. In fact, it is this week's memory verse and it comes from 1 John 3, 1, which in its entirety says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. If you're at all familiar with this week's song, this verse should sound pretty familiar to you. Now in the rest of the song, Matthew West directly lists out a few names that we tend to carry, like regret and defeat. We could list our own. We could add to it. We could call ourselves a mistake or forgotten or stupid or an addict like Jordan or ugly or worthless or any number, countless names. One of the names that I carried around for a long time is bad friend. I had a friend who hurt me severely in junior high school. She basically broke up with me as a friend when she got tired of me and tired of of um, some of my tendencies to use a lot of words. Um, and years later, as an adult, it happened again. And it was a different friend in different circumstances and it wasn't any less painful. But don't worry, I've done my own damage um, in both of those friendships. I'm not, I'm not completely innocent. I've had a judgmental spirit. I've spoken truths to others when I shouldn't, you know, secrets that I just shouldn't have told others. Sometimes I push away so that I don't get pushed away first. And sometimes I'm just lazy, you know, friendships and investment. And sometimes I just don't take the time to um, invest as much in it as I should. And all this adds up to a name tag that I wear or an old jacket that I pull out of my wardrobe that has the letters BF on it. Just bad friend. But like Matthew West, I declare this. Oh, these are- These are the voices, these are the lies, and I have believed them for the very last time. I am not a bad friend. Now, I'm not saying I will always be a stellar friend who never makes mistakes or never needs forgiveness, but I choose to be defined by the name that God has given me instead of by my mistakes. It doesn't mean that it doesn't take effort to be a good friend. Just because I'm a child of the one true king doesn't mean I get a free pass to be a bad friend. It takes effort and intention to remove the name badge that at times I give myself and at other times people slap on me. But... I am no longer. So here is my challenge to you this week. Take the time to read through the book of Ruth this week. It's a great story. It reads like a story. It's just four chapters. And while you're there, consider Naomi's name change and ask God to reveal to you what labels you have placed on yourself or even allowed others to place on you that you can take off and replace with the name that he has for you, which is child of God. Also, spend some time memorizing the verse this week. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Shouldn't be hard to remember that one since it's actually a part of this week's song. Just a few quick announcements before we leave today. Did you know that I create weekly memory verse resources exclusively for my mailing list? So the memory verse that I just talked to you about, I have created wallpapers and printables to help you kind of keep it in front of mind for you to put on your tablet, your iPhone, your desktop, or even print out and stick on your mirror. But I only share those with people who've signed up for my mailing list. I promise I'm not going to bombard your inbox. I just send you a a friendly reminder every Monday when a new podcast is posted. And it includes a link to the free memory verse wallpapers, and printables customized for that week's message. The sign-up box for that is on my homepage at michelleknizat.com. Next, may I ask you to share this podcast? There are quick links at the top of each episode on my homepage that makes it easy to share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. And if each listener just shared this podcast with one new friend, I think it could make a huge difference in the number of folks downloading the podcast but more importantly, uh, make a huge difference in the lives of people who might just need a place to start in their Bible study. And that's really what I'm hoping um, will happen, is that you guys will be inspired by this podcast to open the Bible for yourself each week. And then finally, each time someone reviews my podcast on iTunes, it increases the chances of new folks to find me. Plus, it just encourages me. So if you take the time to review my podcast on iTunes, I will take the time to personally thank you. So thank you to Big Sally and Mama 2006 for reviewing the podcast this week. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will be on How Sweet the Sound by Citizen Way. If you have a question or comment on this song, please leave me a voicemail message at michellenezatcom forward slash podcast question. If you'd like to comment on this episode, please go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 13, where you'll find the show notes for this episode. You can scroll down to the comment section. I would love to hear from you. Comment, question, or whatever. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.